I tried running too. It doesn't work. It always follows. All due respect, that's your life, not mine. I'm not so sure about that. What do you want from me, lady? Hey, watch your tone, new girl. You know how they always say it goes back to the original? Here's the original. I want your help. Because you're wrong, this is your life now, which means that whoever this is is going to keep coming for you. So? So I want you to help us kill him. You want me to help you and the host of a morning show commit murder, correct? Yeah. to The Night Before, a movie podcast. Each episode, we find a unique place in the city and share a drink and our thoughts about the movie we watched the night before. This is Lee, and I am joined, as always, by my husband, Jesse. Here we are, Sunday night. We are at one of our favorite places, back at Seventh Sun. Yeah, it's the little neighborhood around the corner. But you know what we said in our last podcast? What? That we were going to get out of. Our, our comfort zone a little bit more. Go to some new spaces. We are. And Just our, not today. <laughs> and our first official movie episode of 2022 is... Around the, the corner. At the closest place to our house. Well, you know, we just got to go with what... This is real life. This is real. What's well, a Sunday night? We did go... We looked for a bit of places to go. But we tend to skew with the philosophy of... If you're trying too hard... Go back to basics. Keep it simple. Yeah, because it's not going to work out. Probably. We wanted to talk about two movies, a double feature of some movies we saw this weekend. But, and that we're like, that's the most important thing. Get a drink, go talk about movies. That's what the night before is all about. Right. Season two. Let's do it. So we're, we were trying too hard to find a place that would, and we just. So, Seven Sun, we we're drinking. We decided to go to our reliable. Seventh Sun. They have an IPA on tap. It's really a new IPA that we hadn't tried before. Moonraiser, Moonraker, Moon Sauce. Moon Sauce. All right. And it's a 8.1. Yeah. And we're on round two. It's really good. So. We, I haven't had a good IPA like this in a while. Yeah. Well, like our last like episode, too, we were that drinking we hadn't out of tried cans. Before. It was all right. Yeah. Okay, so... But it's good. And we, we've talked about Seven Sun on multiple episodes. The Quiet Place Part 2, one of my bottom five for 2021. Um, we've done a couple episodes here. We have. We have. <laughs> That's the one that comes to mind. It's our local brewery. And there's two locations. One and it's we should. I was looking today on the Google Maps, trying to figure out where we should go. Mm-hmm. And I was looking in the Dunning area, and there were a couple of breweries we haven't been we to. We haven't done that yet. But I didn't think we were up for a 30-minute drive tonight. Not tonight. I... But there's another Seven Sun. The original is in Dunning. So maybe we should do an episode there. We definitely should. There's a couple places. Remember yeah. that other place on the trail? Yeah, like maybe it's, yeah, it's because it's like an octopus is part of their logo. I can't remember what the name of it is. It's kind of a weird name, but we've been a couple times. We'll do that one next. That's a good atmosphere. Because that's what we do on this podcast. We make promises for the next episode that don't happen. (laughs) We don't keep. But we will. For example, this episode is about the new Scream movie. Yes. Um, The 2021, or maybe 2022 Scream. When did it officially come out? It's 2022. Yeah. And a 2021 movie. Benedetta. Benedetta. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do those. But... In our previous episode, we said our double feature was going to be Licorice Pizza and Red Rocket. It's not. <laughs> so that one didn't happen. <laughs> but we tried to see those movies, but the theater burned to the ground. <laughs> it didn't burn to the ground. But we had some difficulties actually accomplishing seeing Red Rocket. And um, Licorice Pizza initially. So it didn't Licorice burn to the ground. Pizza, but when we there left. There was a fire in the theater. Yes. There was a lot of drama surrounding it. When we and left, we did talk about licorice pizza off off, off, off podcast, yeah, off record, not on the PCAST. <laughs> no, um, but there was a fire. We did leave Fat Beat Farm. Yeah, after and recording went and our saw top five, bottom five pizza. We strolled up to the movie theater, 
and there were fire trucks. People were exiting the theater, like the parking lot, in mass exodus. I thought, like, I thought, I just thought a big movie, like, oh, Spider Man must have just got left out, yeah. let out because no. so many people are leaving. The whole theater shut down. So the theater was so shut down. See it at we that were moment. denied entry. Yeah. And we went home and we watched a movie called The Lady of the Manor, which was filmed in Tampa, Florida. Which was really... Starring Justin Long. Surprisingly good. You liked it a lot more than I did. I did. I enjoyed it. But I liked it. So we'll give a quick recommendation. It's on Amazon Prime. It's a good movie. I like Justin Long. It was filmed in Tampa where we live. But it was supposed to be in Savannah, Georgia. Yeah, it's supposed to be in Savannah, Georgia. It's filmed in like the Hyde Park area. It's a neighborhood called Hyde Park. Of Tampa. Um, which looks has a more like front porch southern home type. Yeah, we won't area. get into it, but it's a quirky movie. It's funny. I think it's funny. It's written and directed really by Justin good. Long and his brother. It's great. I mean, it's, it's not, not great, great, but it's good. But it's entertaining. I enjoyed it. So it's we saw that while we couldn't go to the theater, and we then we eventually did make it our way back to see Licorice Pizza, which I think I liked more than you did. Absolutely. But I, think I didn't we, love it. We both agreed. But it, it was enjoyable watch. It was a good movie, but not P.T. Anderson's best. Yeah, no, I didn't love it. But, are you not been thinking about this one? I'm not supposed to talk about Licorice Pizza. You know one thing I really enjoyed about that movie? What? Just the pimply, oily complexion of, like, yeah. everyone in the movie. That's true. That's true. Um, I like the actress. I like her. Haim. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, yeah. Um, Alana. The Alana? Alana? Yeah, let's say that. Let's go for it. We're not looking. We're not doing any research. I'm Philip Um, Seymour Hoffman's son. Yeah, but I I just didn't love the creepiness of, like, the older woman. The 10-year difference. Yeah, that kind of creepy. So, again, we talked about this on our couch, off-podcast. boy. We have two 15-year-old boys. We talked about this off-podcast. And it's, uh... Listen, if either one of them were as... No, don't, were don't as, go there. Don't go there. No, we're as ambitious and just driven as that, I would... Look, have a 25-year-old love and no. just go no. for it. No, 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 no. If you're opening waterbed stores, if you are opening a pinball arcade, if you have your own film production studio at age 15, go for it. Okay, so we're going to veer off that subject matter. Go check it we're going to change gears. Here's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm thinking there still might be a licorice pizza podcast in our future. Okay. Because we'll have to watch it again. When it comes to streaming, we saw it in the theater because right now it's only in the theater. I think when licorice pizza hits theater, we have to watch it again. Okay. I- I'm up for that. And we'll put it, we'll book another promise for the night before podcast. I'm that up licorice for that. It was a late night watch for me. Still forthcoming. And I'm, I do better when I watch movies earlier yeah. in the evening. Yeah, because we couldn't see it until like 10, 10 yeah. at night. and it was it We was felt defeated night. by the theater fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it felt like we had to see this movie eventually. So we went home, we watched Lady in the I Manor. I snuck coffee under my, clo- under my jacket yeah, into hilarious. the theater. A, a full cup of hot coffee hidden yeah. under your jacket. It worked. Um, and we still have not seen Red Rocket because that was sort of the last showing we have this AMC A-lister movie pass type thing, <laughs> and the whole because of the whole fire, our one of our movie choice selections got a taken. Very upsetting. But anyway, situation. now Red Rocket's out of the theater here, so we have to wait for it to come streaming. So there might be a Red Rocket episode in the future. I don't. I can't guarantee that. We'll see. We'll just because we right liked here. Florida Project. That's why we were happy. We did. We eager loved to see. It's by um, Sean Baker, the same director. Florida Project. But, but anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. So we still took advantage of our AMC pass. Hashtag not an ad <laughs> unless they want to sponsor the night. We will we'll gladly be. It's the night before podcast sponsored by AMC A- I mean, A-listers. Gladly. Gladly. But I think I got you to the theater easier because, hey, we get three free movies a week. We get three movies a week. True. The only thing... We really want to see is screen. Well, there's other things. Yeah, if if you if we would have had to pay what thirty dollars or whatever it yeah. comes out to, and you would have been like, "We're gonna go see Scream," we're like, "Yeah, why don't we just wait for that on sh- 
streaming. But it was an easy... But it was an easy sell. Because yeah. I love going to the movie theater. I just hate the movie theater price. Especially prices. with the Dolby experience that we did. Dolby experience. Because it was playing I'm starting, in the... I'm starting to unwillingly understand all this stuff. Because <laughs> really it well. was in the special Dolby theater. Yeah. With like the fancy, they even I they mean, even like give you, you can a trailer. Feel when 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 something dramatic happens, you can feel the vibration. Yeah, though it's not a D box. It's not no. experience where the sound where the seats are supposed to shake. But the, we noticed just sitting in the Dolby Cinema Theater that there's so many speakers lining the wall. A million. Yeah, and, and then, the the chairs are really comfortable, and you can well, that's lean part back. Of the thing. And they even and they even play you a trailer before the movie explaining what why this is. is such a special experience. Yeah. And to me, it's a little ridiculous, but you know, I mean, it was an because experience. it's like because if they didn't show it to you, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't. Understand. You would just say, "Oh, it's a great." Because I think we accept. No, but you when you walk into that theater, you know it's different than normal. Movie but I'm saying the whole thing is sure. set up. To it's make very it nice. Seem more special. It's very nice. I know, but I think there's some psychological manipulation happening there. Okay. I think the I think the difference is marginal based on like a regular digital. I, you, of the viewing, I'm talking about the chairs and stuff. I know. I'm saying the whole. I, I I do appreciate it. No, listen. If I have the choice, I'm gonna pick the Dolby. That's we were even rushing to 100%. get there. Percent. Because we said the the Dolby experience is happening at 645. Yeah. The Commodore pedestrian screening of Scream is happening at 7 o'clock. Why wouldn't you? So we're like, we're going to make the 645. It's not like we had anything else to do. Have be together and watch a movie. And we're excited because we both are well-versed in the Scream mythology. Being this is film number five in the series. Well, I wasn't, but oh, I caught up. I, I knew the actors and act, some of the main actresses. Well, everyone knows who Courtney Cox and Nev Campbell, Nev Campbell are. So I know them. And but um, I wasn't David Arquette. well-versed on, in David Arquette. I don't think I you've seen any of the screams. I don't think so. But I knew what they were. Because at dinner, I said, do you know the basic premise of Scream? And you said... Not really. No, you said, yeah, it's... It's like when all the friends start getting killed off. Yeah, a friend Of is, a group. Yeah, a friend's... And I said, that's basically every slasher movie. <laughs> it's not every slasher movie. <laughs> but, no, I... No, because the movie even makes a joke okay, about that. So, like, the guy... No, in our because history, it's funny. I was not as an avid movie watcher as you were. Even though I really, like, grew up when I was little watching a lot of movies... But in my, I guess, late teens, early 20s, even... When kind of Scream originally came yeah, out. Yeah, I, I lacked... I, I did not attend... I did not watch or appreciate... It's not that I didn't appreciate them. I didn't watch movies as much. In general. Just based on that moment in my life. Which is funny, because that was the moment in my life where I started to really appreciate film. Like it was the Friday, that was even my pitch Friday night. We were eating dinner, an early dinner, because we're older now, so it's like 5 o'clock since it's a great time to eat dinner <laughs> on a Friday night. Old. We don't always do that. We haven't even eaten dinner yet, and it's No, late. we haven't. But <laughs> Friday night we had, and I said, hey, we, what, I used, what used to be the best thing in like late teens, early 20s was go see a movie Friday night. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. And that's where I got to start seeing movies like Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Scream I did not see when it came out in the theater. I have a different story about Scream, which I was going to share with you. Share with me. But um, I would love to hear it. But, I w- but we were sitting dinner, and I said, let's just go see a movie. Let's go see Scream. It's going to be fun. But you hadn't seen, and I don't know if I've seen Scream 4, but I know I've seen Scream 1, 2, and maybe 3. But I, I knew the basic premise of the movie. I yeah. haven't been, like, living under a rock. I mean, but the movie even made a joke about that because there's a character played by Jack Quaid, Dennis Quaid's son, Randy Quaid's nephew. Which, when I realized that, I, w- I used to be a huge fan of Dennis Quaid. Randy Quaid? Back in the day. Dennis Quaid. Not Randy. 
Not Randy. I don't think many people say they're a huge fan of Randy Quaid. because he was But they're sexy related. Randy and Dennis are related. He did the Big Easy. Are they brothers? They're brothers, yeah. Hmm. Learned something new on the I mean, one's hot, podcast. one's not. <laughs> but, but it's funny, even before I knew that was Jack Quaid, or the... Yeah. the because at the end of the movie, we were watching to see who these what people What did I are. say? What did he look like? Pacey from Dawson's Creek. He did, which they had a Dawson's he Creek. He looks just like Pacey from Dawson's Creek, but then your eyes are deceiving you because Pacey can't be that young still. <laughs> but you say that, but right? though it didn't mean anything to you, yes, it's true, but did it mean anything to you, but Skeet Ulrich is in this film. But they put Dawson's Creek on the TV. Yeah, because I think it's relevant of the time. Do you think, though? I know, but do you think they did no. that because other people are like, that guy looks no, like No, I think Casey it's because it Dawson's was. Creek. No, I don't think it's because Jack, though we were thinking it. I think it's more because. That was something that was relevant. There's a lot of connections to the late 90s in this. And you know what? And it's been so long since I've seen Scream. There might even be something where they were watching Dawson's Creek in the Scream movie. There were so many. Oh, okay. There were so many throwbacks. I used to, to love the original Dawson's Scream. Creek. In here, that I bet if you and I, which I think we should, I think you should see the first Scream. If we went back and watched I would, it, I would. Do you think the kids would like it? Like fifteen. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Up? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, maybe we should do that with my, them. This is my Scream story. Okay. Or they might not like it because it's also it's old. It's. What, 20 years old? We think they're going to like things, and they're like, ugh, it's so 25 old. 25 years old? Yeah. Something. So I didn't see the first Scream, but someone I knew worked at Specs Music. Remember that? In the mall. Well, this was, most Specs were in the move mall, but this was a um, standalone Specs. Oh. And, but you know when you go and, Back in the day when you would go in, now there's still music stores, but back then there were like mainstream music stores. Yeah. Everybody went to Specs or Sam Goody or um, places like that. Yeah. I was trying to think of at least one more, but I couldn't. I was trying to think of one too that I remember, but it's like at the tip of my tongue and I can't think of it. It starts with like a T or something. Anyway. Yeah. That's yeah, too bad. But anyway, so they worked at Specs. And because um, they would play movies or trailers for things like we're in the store, they're mm -hmm. playing stuff on mm -hmm. the TVs, hanging up in the wall. And since Specs would also sell VHS tapes and DVDs, she received screener copies. You know, they're like you watch it and then every 15 minutes, a ticker thing comes across the bottom of the screen that says for promotional use only screener. Not to be sold or rented. Oh, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Right? Oh, because she worked there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But it's meant so, hey, you can watch it so you can talk about it and promote it. So I would get, she would give me. Screener copies. In the short time she worked at Specs, piles of movies, stacks of movies to watch. Gotcha. And Scream was one of them. So I watched okay. the screener for Scream. Oh, okay. I think that's the only time I've seen it. Where like every 15 minutes, on a VHS copy. The thing came across the bottom saying, for promotional use only, blah, blah, blah. But I, though I have a, a very big appreciation for, like, campy horror films now and Teens in Peril. Teens in Peril? Teens in Peril is what I call movies. I had kind of written off Scream as, like, oh, this is, like, it has all these kid pop actors in it. Right. right. Because um, Jamie Kennedy's in it, and then Campbell, as you mentioned, and Rose McGowan is in the first one. I don't know who that is, but... You know Rose McGowan. I mean, I would if I saw her, probably. She was in Jawbreaker. She dated Marilyn Manson for a very long time. Oh, okay. But, so anyway, and it was directed by Wes Craven and written by Kevin Williamson. But, so it, it was a big deal back then, but I didn't realize it. And then I watched that screener and really loved Scream. So back to, like, would the teenagers like it, our teenagers? Probably, if they watch it with an open mind. Like, it's a full-blown slasher film, 
this one is the new one is maybe just as gory as the original. It is, yeah. Which I thought was good. Mm-hmm. But um, but what also made it good was that it was kind of that kind of Scooby Doo type style thing where you don't know who the killer is, but it's yeah, it's 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 one of the one of the group solving a mystery. And but it also is a kind of meta conversation about teen horror flicks from the mm-hmm. 80s and yeah. 90s in general, meaning like, so it revitalized all that, but it also made fun of it, mm-hmm. like the tropes. And I felt this one tried to, and some of it we can talk about, I felt maybe was a little lost, heavy-handed. Heavy-handed or like lost on it? like. No, I mean, it was hard. I was watching it like, that's what I mean, as the first scream as a teenager watching it, like, oh, that's so good. They're pointing out all the tropes in horror movies, right? But after the fifth time, does it still have the same effect, is what you're saying? But they tried to up it. Because remember the one girl, one of our main characters, she, she talks about... She's watching the old scream. Well, they call no. it... Yeah, the, they call it stab. Stab. In She's the, watching the old stab while the same thing is happening. No, no, not her. Oh. I'm talking about the, the main character, the okay. sister, uh-huh. um, the youngest sister. Where she is talking about how she likes A24 horror movies, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because it does the whole bit. That's the whole bit from the first one is With Drew Barrymore phone. picks up the mm-hmm. phone. Yeah. And the ghost face killer is saying, like, what's your favorite scary movie? And she's saying, oh, they're all the same. It's, a, it's a blonde bimbo in distress. Okay. And they get killed. And the flip of it on the new version is they say, she goes, oh, all that stuff's dumb. I like elevated horror, right? Yeah. Which is like, the, and she's talking about like A24 type stuff. It's so funny that she um, mentioned that, what is that movie, Babushka? Vana, yeah. Listen, I, I Because I had just. Um, we haven't seen, neither one of us has no, seen it. No, I've never seen it. But, but I that was. That is a celebrated horror just, movie. I knew that. I know that. Because I had just listened to a podcast that they were like talking about they were asking the celebrity guest like what's, what's your favorite, your favorite film and they made a joke like and you can't say yeah. that movie and um, so i it was funny that they mentioned it that cuz i had just listened to something that referenced that but i that whole phone um phone scene at the beginning which mm-hmm. i knew was a reenactment from the first one. Yeah. Not reenactment, but bringing it back. Um, Which was back then was a big deal because it was Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Who, but it was a big deal. Drew Barrymore was in it, and then it's well known. Because she was a big actress back then. But it's the big reveal, like, oh, Drew Barrymore, and then she gets killed within the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah. But the thing is, that wasn't as effective, I felt like, because the whole time I was thinking, like, and I know you think this in horror films in general, I was thinking, in, I guess it wasn't supposed to be set in today's time, was it? Scream, the new Scream? Yeah, yeah it's modern okay. day. So if it was set in today's time, first of all, would you even answer a landline? No. Well. B, wait, B, who has a conversation with a stranger for that long on on a landline? Or in general, like, I never answer my well, phone. Well, you could even have said that back then, too, right? No, because back then, well, you anyone had cell phones, your you phone. answered the phone. But you had caller ID. Yeah, but you still answered your phone for the most part. Well, like, I thought, I thought. see, I thought the movie, It's one. that's what I mean, as I said earlier, about some of the stuff as a young, as a late teenager, I thought was engaging and like, oh, yes, yeah, someone's saying this. And now as someone in their 40s, I try not to, like, roll my eyes because I try to appreciate... Right, Like, right. when she's talking about, quote, elevated whore, I'm like, right. oh, my God, it's like a high schooler trying to... But it is a high schooler. It is, but I'm saying it's a high we schooler. We know how high schoolers talk. Exactly, so that's why I try not to that's roll my eyes. That's how they talk. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so ridiculous. Because like you're 40-something, and that is how high schoolers talk. We have them in our home. I know, but she's we talking about to the, them every eleva- night the, elevated, the, the elevated themes in horror movies and... I'm like, whatever. But that's something I try not to. Yeah. So, I thought that part of it was very realistic, how she was saying, like, oh, I like elevated horror. Like, I, I know, thought, but it's like, funny how, how you see it now. Talk. 
you know, yeah. versus how they see it. Like, I just felt the fact that she was having this long conversation on the phone, like going into like details about her likes and dislikes and this and that was very unrealistic. I was it like, is. what it's, teen but in today's time is going to talk on a landline to a random stranger for that long? Nobody. All they do is text. It's true. Well, that's the thing. The movie does a great job of throwing back to the original, right? Yeah. And it makes a, listen to it, there's a lot of talking about how this is not a reboot or a, se- like within the movie itself. It's not a reboot. It's not a sequel. It's a, it's a requel, right? Okay. Right. Remember, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. that whole monologue about right, right. what requels are. Mm-hmm. Like it's a new term now. And how you reintroduce original stuff. Because you're satisfying the legacy fans and the new fans mm-hmm. and the new people. But no, I thought it was interesting. Does she answer the landline? Yeah. What? Why is she talking on this person? I thought it was a bit, I thought it was clever or at least they figured out how to make it work. The she's, texting she's texting a of friend. the friend. Yeah. Like, oh that my God, clever, how the landline keeps in. ringing. Yeah. And then the friend on the text like, is saying, it, is that Wes still bothering you? Like a former boyfriend or what? Oh, we learn who Wes is later, right. and so then that was prompt sort of picks it up, the ringing landline. Like, oh, maybe it's Wes. Oh, because it's not like also, and that's a, that's another thing I didn't think about at first when she was there. I thought, oh, she's babysitting like normal horror movies, like no, the she's babysitter. At home but by she's herself. not. She's at home, so it makes more sense why she might pick it up seeing that she's at home. Yeah. She's not at, like, someone else's house. And the friend texting her says, oh, is that Wes bugging you? Yeah. And then when it's the scream ghost face killer voice that everybody knows, like, what's your favorite scary movie? She initially thinks, because of what he's saying, that it's her mom's new current boyfriend. Oh, right. Because he says, oh, tell... Tell her blah, blah, blah called from group. Oh, from group. And, and then, then she's, she's being like, like kind of a noisy, a nosy, nosy snotty teen. And she's like, what group? Oh, tell me what group. Is this AA? Is this NA? And then the conversation has started. So I think they did at least, okay, like, okay, how do okay, you okay, set okay, up? Okay. Like, Zim, again, you're, you're writing a Scream 5. How, and you know you have to, which is in some ways. Move with the time. It's Scream 1. In a lot, it mirrors Scream One in a lot of yeah. areas. How do you get her on the landline for the Drew Barrymore scene? Right, that, and that was good. Yeah, that was good. I, I get, I get it. I get it. I yeah. get it. <laughs> so anyway, so but I still kept we're thinking, thirty like, minutes why into why in the world would she talk to this creep for this long? We're thirty minutes into our podcast, okay. thereabouts, Sorry. and we're um, <laughs> we five move minutes. On. We're five minutes into the first film. Okay. <laughs> We gotta move on. But I'll say this. Like, I like Scream more than I thought I would like Scream. I liked it. Yeah. I did. I liked it. Um, I don't love slasher type. I don't love violence. Like, violence is hard for me. It's hard it's for violent. me to love. It's, it's hard for me to love a movie that's that violent. It's true, but you know what? Except Neon Demon. I like Neon Demon wait a lot but I was was like I was surprised I was like I'm sitting in the theater I'm like wow this is like a full-blown slasher yeah it was and I was like maybe I've forgotten how gory but that's the thing Scream 1 was gory there's certain scenes I remember in it that I was like oh yeah Scream is that's what caught my attention when I watched that that promotional screener was I was dismissive of it, and then I watched it, and I loved it. Yeah. Because it was gory, it it caught you off guard. Um, And it was, though smart, it's like it's one of these things, it's silly and smart at the same time. And I felt this one did a pretty good job at that. It did, it did. This one's corny, but it's... I think it brings in, like, new audiences and old audiences, or the old audiences. Because of the actors, like Courtney Cox, David Arquette, well, like Nev watching Campbell. Scenes of like like David I Ar- really liked seeing David Arquette and Nev Campbell and Well, Courtney watching Cox. David Arquette and Courtney Cox, like, cry. As, as they used to be married couple, which was weird. 
but like seemingly bad lifetime movie scenes with the two of them, mm. like teary-eyed and crying at one another about the, because even in because even the Scream movies, they had a relationship. Yeah. Um, but the, seeing them, and then also seeing Nev Campbell like as the badass heroine. Well, I loved that. I, I love Nev Campbell. I've always <laughs> loved Nev Campbell because I was in love with Party of Five. And um, so I loved her yeah, in yeah. general. And then seeing her as like a grown-up adult like me, <laughs> I really liked that. And then her being like a badass heroine, I liked that too. Yeah. Her character was probably my favorite one. I, and you know what? I really enjoyed the main character, too. She did a good job. Oh, who played Sam. The Sam Carpenter yeah, was the character. Yeah, she did same. a good job. So she's sort of like the new Nev Campbell, if you will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked her. Um, I mean, I think she did a good job And there's a neat scene that. later in the movie where it's Courtney Cox, the Gail Weathers, the Sidney Prescott character. So the kind of two legacy OG Scream characters and then um, the new character Sam like all three of them lined up together like yeah and you could say a lot about female empowerment mm-hmm. and just like yeah this sort of you know this it's, it was a neat little scene where like it paused for a minute it's the three of them standing there you know yeah. bloody and holding knives and guns right. and Just going for it yeah um I did, I, I'd say the part of the movie that I did like that was a little more, because I love, I don't love slasher movies, but I like psychological drama. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. like horror, psychological horror, I guess. So the little piece of psychological part in the movie that was like Who's, them trying to get her who? to believe that her sister was the killer. Mm. You know, where yeah, she was like tied. Spoilers oh, about yeah, any yeah, of that, yeah. but no, I agree. Yeah, I liked that aspect of it. I thought that was clever. Like, you know, I mean, I know it was, I know it was like anybody could be the murderer and all of that, but the flip of the. Well, that's what was good about I it. I did was like that. It did a good job. Part like of part of the scream thing. For the like family um, stress, kind of. Yeah. Storyline in it. Yeah. With between the sisters and whatnot. I, I liked yeah, that. There's a lot that of there sister, was a little deeper storyline to that than just There's some sister drama. What for friend sure. killed is the killer. You no, know? but it does a good job of like, hey, the killer's among you. Yeah. <laughs> Who is it? And mm-hmm. so you're while you're watching that's why I did enjoy that. While you're watching it, you're thinking you're trying to piece together like who do you think the killer is? Mm-hmm. And I had pegged one of the killers from the beginning. My thought was like, oh, it's this person, no question. And it turned out to be true, but it was still very, um, but the other killer did surprise me. Out yeah, of the two. Yeah. Well, you just kind of gave way to the ending. No, 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 no. It's known, as they even say in Scream slash Stab, there's okay. always two killers. Oh, I didn't know that. See, yeah, I'm yeah. not a veteran. Well, if you know Scream, Scream. 1, there's two, there's, okay. two skill, there's two killers. Okay. They even do that in the first five minutes of the movie. They say, when she's on the phone, there's yeah. always two killers. Yeah. Because um, Skeet Ulrich is in the first one as the main killer. Yeah. Um, no, but I'll say what I also liked. I was kind of just going along with the movie. I wasn't loving it, but but I was enjoying it. But what's so hard, I think, in a lot of movies we see, usually... The third act, you know, the final third of a film is where films usually kind of fall apart. Mm-hmm. And I felt that was where this movie was that its was their strongest. Strength. Yeah, yes. for sure. And so you And that's forgive. what I'm talking about, like the psychological parts yeah. come in. The, you know, Courtney Cox, David Arquette part comes in. That's what I'm saying. I was like, finally, like, this movie's getting really good. The woman empowerment comes in. <laughs> like, all of it comes in towards the third act. I was like, finally, this thing's getting there. Yeah. And so you forgive the first two thirds because you're like, the yeah, first, no, I agree. Because I think the first third is I mean, the weakest. I didn't, it, I didn't like. No, this, this is this. I don't see this on your top five. 
at the end of the year. my top five at the end of the year. It might make it might even make your bottom five. But Let's be honest. A, no, I don't think it'll make my bottom five because there's it was enjoyable. Okay, so I same. Mean, it's not a bank. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> but so I think I was pleasantly surprised. I think we should circle back. I like. I don't think I've seen Scream one since that screener viewing. And um, I think you would enjoy it. Maybe we'll watch it um, with some of the teenagers and see how that fares. But speaking of uh, possible top five, bottom fives, we're also going to talk yes. about... Um, Benedetta. J'apprends qu'une de vos sœurs a endommagé des bobines de soie et que vous avez pris sur vous de lui administrer un châtiment. Non, Révérend Mère. Non. Je n'ai pas voulu la punir, j'ai voulu lui faire mal. Vous avez voulu infliger de la douleur à l'une de vos sœurs, délibérément. Oui, délibérément. Ce n'était pas par malignité. Si vous me dites que c'était par malignité, je saurais que c'est vrai. Mais vous ne connaissez pas vos propres sentiments. Il semble que non. Bartholoméa a-t-elle fait quelque chose qui vous est fâché Non. La détestez-vous pour quelque raison Non. Avez-vous de l'affection pour elle J'éprouve de la compassion, oui, pour toutes ses souffrances. Y compris celles que vous lui infligez Oui, mais le père Ecortati dit que les souffrances nous guident vers Dieu et nous rendent plus forts. Yeah, so if one movie was ultra violent and gory. Benedetta was gory. Was it? Yeah. I was going to say, or the, let's go to the other extreme where something I mean, is. a little bit. Is extremely graphic. Graphic, yeah. Would be the term. Yeah. If one's about violence, the other, this is about sex. So you have sex and violence. Yes, definitely. Right? So, Benedetta, I was... I liked it more than I thought I was going to. Right? I mean, I did. I, I, we had, it had been on our radar for a little while. We were halfway through this movie, and I'm watching, I'm like, this might be one of the greatest movies I've seen in a long time. I was glued to it. <laughs> and it wasn't just because of the sex. No, 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 no. I think the sex... No, because I'm not like a, like, just sex in a movie, just for sex in a movie, I'm not, I don't love. No, I'll be honest. In this case, I think it makes this film almost even more captivating. I thought the... You know what it reminded me of? The way... The Handmaiden. Yes. But better. So I thought it was a very, like, more liberating, empowering, like, Sexual scenes of course, yeah. that than you normally see in a movie. Mm-hmm. You know that you felt. I mean, the women looked beautiful and sexy, and well, yeah. And it wasn't, you know, everything I read about it talks about it being like lesbian this, lesbian that. Well, it's I about lesbian really, nuns. But I didn't see it that way. No, I really did not see it as like lesbian this or that. I more saw it as like awakening of sexuality because not the one nun but the other nun uh, Benedetta she has no sexuality she's been a nun since she was a little girl yeah so it's really the awakening of her sexuality it's not like oh she's realizing she's a lesbian or she's forming the identity of her sexuality I think it's more just an awakening of her sexuality in general I don't even know if it's awakening. Like, yes, sexuality plays a huge part of it. But what I liked about it was, I think you can make the argument of this isn't even a film about sexuality. I think there's it's, two. It's an intriguing things. film, I think, about a messiah complex. Yes. Yeah. Is what I thought was more. No, I think there's two main things going on. But in it, but the it, movie. like where the handmaiden, you come away with the handmaiden, and I go, oh, this is about sexual liberation. Like, I mean, a great film. Right, yeah. That has strong lesbian undertones. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is about, that one is just constantly about sexuality, right? This is about 
the oppressive Benedetta is about the oppressive nature of religion and the suppression of sexuality. And, wait, wait. And, and the thing is, with the sexuality aspect of it, though, The Handmaiden and this movie, again, I, I can't even relate it to lesbianism more no. than if that's a word. Um, more of the sexual oppression that these women aren't deciding that they're lesbian. They are like deciding that, oh, wait, sexually it's okay to feel good. I don't think it really even yeah, matters if I mean. it's they're with about... a man or a woman. Like well, they've been oppressed sexually in the handmaiden by men. Yeah, yeah. So. See, that one was much more sex, like gender dominated. Like, this I agree one, with you. This she's one, been oppressed just by the church. I mean, she's not had sex because is, she's in a convent. Yeah, my feeling is it's potential that Benedetta, it could be, it's more just about sexual liberation yeah, regardless yeah, yeah. of gender. Regardless of gender. I think um, both of them could be regardless of gender where Handmaiden is more because they've been oppressed by men. So I think when we saw last night in Soho, we saw the trailer for this. In the yeah. theater. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't remember yeah. that. But. And Paul Verhoeven, who wrote and directed this, he's mm-hmm. known for doing RoboCop, Showgirls, Basic Instinct. Right. So I loved Showgirls when that came out. That was like, I've never I seen loved Showgirls. that I've movie. Never seen it. I've, I realized I've not seen many Paul Showgirls Verhoeven films. Showgirls was one of my favorite movies back in the day. I don't well, know why, but I need Same to watch it again to figure out why, but it was. Well, good news for you. I've been thinking I need to, like, Paul Verhoeven is like a gap in my film viewing. I've seen RoboCop, obviously. So you could reinvent the greatest movies of all time where y'all did the all the directors. Yeah, yeah. All well, movies. Paul Verhoeven should be a director. Yeah, the director that you choose for the next because I've seen show, I've not seen show. I've seen um, RoboCop. I've seen Hollow Man, but I don't think I've seen many of his other films. Okay. Um, but anyway, we saw the trailer for this. But he's also, but I bring that he, as you kind of know with Showgirls, he's known for just kind of being a little more over the top and out there. Yeah. When it comes to violence and yeah, when it comes girls, to sexuality. Yeah, Showgirls was a big deal in Showgirls. Well, because it was. Yeah. Jesse from Saved yeah. by the Bell. So. Right. And she was like a stripper. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. But no, so we saw this. So I was intrigued. And the trailer's even over the top. All the images are over the top of the... I, cause I think even in some of the posters slash images for the movie Benedetta, it's of a nun and you see like her breast exposed. Yeah. Kind of like, as you see in the movie, a statue of the Virgin Mary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, similar. So I was intrigued, but then you're like, is this just some like weird, like you said, like perverted lesbian nun movie? Right, like, yeah. But then it's also popping up on everyone's top 10 list for 2021. Yeah. yeah. It's in French, it's a, technically a foreign film. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, but back to the point. It's loosely based on a True real event. story of a, of a nun who was put on trial or investigated for right. having relations with blasphemy, a female. Blasphemy, I guess. Well, or, blasphemy, well, but then also having... Um, relations with a female. A, 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 another nun. Whatever. Um, but I think really at first she's called out for blasphemy. Like she's saying she's seen Jesus and is talking to Jesus and she's Jesus's wife and Well, she has visions through, of Jesus. Know, she has visions. She has erotic dreams. She has erotic dreams about Jesus. Yeah. And that Jesus is calling her, her his bride and his wife. Yeah. And, and she has the stigmata. Where According to her, which they're that's what they're calling her out for. The blasphemy some is some of the that nuns feel that she she's is causing the stigmata. She's cutting herself right. to have the wounds of Jesus. But even in the movie, they don't tell you. That's what I love about this movie. They never, they never tell you. They never take a side of is Benedetta truly. This is she sort a reliable of, narrator? Is she? Well, not? she's unreliable. Like, like right. She's, is Jesus really acting through her, or is she cutting herself? 
is she changing her voice? I don't, I don't, I didn't feel they were more calling her out for the lesbian relations than no, that's for what the got her. blasphemy. Well, that's what was interesting about it was, yeah, she's I mean, an, there was like two things going on. She's an unreliable narrator. And even as the viewer, you're never 100% sure on the stigmata side. Is she doing this stuff? Is it, a, is it an act? Is it not an act? Well, I... I the I lesbianism, like, it's pretty clear. She's doing... Yeah, of course. Yeah. She's being tempted. And you feel like, okay, she feels like this is her test. She's being tempted. Um, this is her temptation, like, with, you know, in her religious life. Well, like, it's not even is, that, right? I don't even. I never saw it as temptation. I did. I saw sure. it more as well. She got because what is her name like Bartholomew? Bartholomew. Bartholomew, the young woman who shows up at the convent. Bartholomew or something like that. Escaping. Prostitution. Well, well escaping a. No, it's like incest. Incest. Her dad is having her, sex with her and, and her brother. Her and her brothers. I yeah. She said. So, but then she exposes to Benedetta, like, this more free, open discussion about sexuality and, hey, just bodily functions in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when, like, it's, there's a whole scene where they, like, go to the bathroom together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But all of that, and like I said, to your point early on, it's it's less about lesbianism or homosexuality it's more just about sexual awakening yeah and, I, and just awakening of like your own self like can, you're not this like just by the book person you're a human you're that, not suppressing who you are right and when you're in a convent you're suppressing who you are since she was a little girl she's been there and you get punished if you break free from that mold and to have someone kind of question your should you be feeling something? I mean, as a little girl, mm-hmm. and you, when you see naked women, it's not like, I mean, you, that's intriguing. It's, it awakens your sexuality just by seeing other women naked. Mm-hmm. It's not that you're necessarily attracted to them or whatever. It's just part of, part of your awakening as like a woman yeah, yeah, you know in general and I think she was having that as an adult woman rather than as a teenage girl when normal teenage girls find out that mm-hmm. and um, it definitely wasn't that's why I think it's strange that well so through all that through her sexual exploration uh-huh. and through her claims of Jesus talking to her and having visions. There's this whole thing about the plague. So she becomes so those are the yeah, things so between the plague is going on in so the amongst, history of amongst the nuns she's she's the, causing the plague because of her all, sins. To view it, to say a, a, a modern day term, they all see her as sus, right? Sus. Yeah. <laughs> True. So some of them don't like it because they think she's cutting herself for the stigmata. Mm-hmm. Others don't like it because she's having sexual relations with another nun. Mm-hmm. And all of that brings her under fire. And then it bring, opens up a whole new thing, just of the hypocrisy of the, the church in general, the powers that be. Well, yeah, because... Uh even like the older woman with the daughter yeah is like don't even bring it up like don't even speak what you feel don't even because you're going to i mean the consequences back then were so severe yeah that to speak your mind or speak the truth what you felt was the truth was death you yeah. know so, so i think for all the things that this movie's wrestling with, right? It's like you can go two routes 
for this, right? You can go the old school, traditional Ben-Hur style film, or you do the Paul Verhoeven, just over the top, in your face, over dramatic storytelling of it. And I think that's what really helped it. Yes, there is a ton of nudity in this film. And sexual And sexual scenes. acts. But I don't think any of it is erotic or like you're watching it and it, it, it does fuel the film in a way. Well, you, I don't look don't at it and say, oh, this is, is Paul. What does erotic mean to you? Meaning, meaning just being doing for the sake to be like, oh, this is two women. Just to sexually exploit lesbianism yes. or yes. women or it's like, oh, women being that together. That sexual fantasy, oh, it's two nuns. Right, no, no, no. I don't think it's that. Two nuns. When I think of the word naked. erotic. I think, I, I think it's definitely sexually. Meaning, meaning meant to be X-rated or. I think it is. Or perverted or. No, no, no. I don't think it's perverted or X-rated or any of that. I think it's um, erotic in like a good way to show a woman's like pleasure. She can get like, but I don't think it's X-rated or kind of thrown out there. That's for what no I'm saying. It's, you see, like, oh, this isn't a lesbian nun exploitation it may, film. It puts the point in place. Like, she is having a sexual awakening. Like, she is realizing that, and the pleasure she's getting is completely condemned by the church. Yeah. Obviously. Well, then we even see later where sexual devices are used as a form of torture as well. Yes. Um, but what I thought, but I think the other piece of it too is you can also, like I said at the beginning, you can look at Benedetta, Benedetta as this messiah complex gone wild because even her relationship with the other female nun is one-sided. It's this is not a. This, that's what I'm saying. That's what's so much different than the handmaiden. Handmaiden's this sort of love relationship, relationship that gets built. This is not. Benedetta, there's narcissism in here. There's mm-hmm. this. This is just her awakening. Her. This is for her advancement in herself. She doesn't really self. care about anyone. No. But herself. No. 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 Which I thought was interesting, too, is just this, where, like I said, a lot of it's ambiguous, but it's she truly believes she is this. But then I don't want to talk about the ending, but the ending is significant. and. But the ending, you almost see it coming, too. Like, the ending goes one of two ways, which we can't, we don't have to spoil it. Is the ending narcissistic, or is it not? Is the opposite of narcissistic? If we're... You know what I mean? Like, I think I think it, I, I think it one hundred percent plays into the Messiah complex, martyrism. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. all that. It does. You're which right. you could say many narcissists view themselves as martyrs. Yeah. As well. For sure. For sure. But without saying how it ends, this film only ends one of two ways, and both serve the purpose, no matter which way it goes. She either gets burned up or she raises to this sainthood state in, in her mind. In her mind. And either way, no matter what happens to her, li- live or die, she is a martyr and a saint. True. And you could say that for sexual liberation. You could say it for Messiah. Com- I mean, early on in the film, she her and even some of the town people begin to think that she is this like Messiah Messiah messenger direct link to Jesus mm-hmm. and she believes it she believes it because she's having vision or does she just know what it takes to get people to believe her mm-hmm. that's true like do you exploit do you exploit the system most, yeah I didn't think that through most of the film but like I thought I mean I had I to me she, it was believable. And there were certain parts that I questioned, but I felt 
compelled to be on Benedetta's side most of the time. Well, of course, because the performance is so good as well. The funny thing is, while I was watching it, or even afterwards, whether it was, I just felt like it was every time, since the sexual acts were so questioned and amongst the people in there, it felt like we were watching Bill Clinton testimony. Yeah. Right? Okay. I didn't think about that. (laughs) No, meaning, like, have you ever, you know, like in the movie, have you ever participated in sexual acts or inappropriate sexual acts? Or have you ever had lust for this person? And they would always come around in a different way. Like, I've always had love for this person. Yeah. It doesn't mean it felt like Bill Clinton and Monica, uh, Monica Lewinsky. Can you define what the word it means? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because there was a whole trial in this film. Right, right, right. And I thought that was funny, that questions and statements were never directly answered or made, even in this film, which I thought was good because I love the ambiguous nature of it because even as you're watching, you're not even, you're, you're making sense of it all. Yeah, yeah. You're figuring it out as you're going. And I equated it to the um, the Bill Clinton trials. I did not think of <laughs> the that. impeachment but. trials. I'm like, what does the word it mean? Um, we know where clearly he had sexual relations with that woman, Monica Lewinsky. But though, though I do not think that was probably Paul Verhoeven's intent to mirror that, I couldn't help but make that connection in during the trial in this film of that just that the ambiguous nature of everyone's answers yeah Um, I agree I I like that you kind of left it up to you to decide what you what you felt was true or not true because even in the end you're like well I don't know I don't really know like this is based off a true life event. This is yeah, based off of things loosely, that very loosely. loosly. But, but but Benedetta was a real nun. Just she not had things they would have written accusations down in about lesbianism. Real accusation. She, she's made claims about having visions about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then Paul Verhoeven just took it to a whole new level. Yeah. Over dramatized it for the sake of cinema and his style. And I thought the actress who played Benedetta was really good. Like, I, I liked oh, her a lot. Amazing, yeah. She was great. I liked her character. And even the Bartolom... Yeah, her love interest. Her, her love interest. Yeah. That was really good. She was really good, too. Like, I enjoyed the actors and actresses and I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to like it. Same. I I ended it and I was... I wasn't 100% in although I was like 75% in. Before or after when you sing? Before. Before going in. No, same. And then once I started watching it I was 100% in. Yeah, I had the regret that we waited so long to see it. Yeah, me too. Me too. But now now it's on video on demand a cheap rental. See it. Not with kids around, but see it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, we can't... So I think um, two movies we enjoyed. Yeah. Very well. We did. Um, it was a fun weekend of movies with you. Yeah. We enjoyed it. I'm glad you liked Benedetta. I'm glad you liked Scream. Yeah, I liked it. I didn't... Um, I can't say it was my favorite movie, but I it was a fun Scream Saturday night. No, movie. Scream was definitely the fun movie theater popcorn movie. Yeah, for sure. Scream was Scream. Then data was like sit on your couch and watch when all the kids are asleep movie, and you'll love it. Benedetta is why movie why cinema exists. Yes. Scream is why movie theaters exist. Yes. True. <laughs> Good. Yeah. We can't even cheers right now because we're we can't, sharing a We only have a one beer. glass. We're down to um, behind the scenes as we wrap up. We sometimes have to break because of battery issues on our recorder. So we, we got a sour to, to, to sour. share. It's called um, Pink Dreams. Pink Dreams. It's guava. 
So we'll finish on that from Seventh Sun Brewery in Tampa, Florida on a Sunday night. Yeah. So we can't toast That's or cheers. That's a lot of fun, but cheers to you. No promises to what our next movie is. We have no idea. But, we just um, take it as it comes. But we'll see. All right. We'll see. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.